Hello everyone, welcome back to AV Art Club. For reference, today it is Sunday, October 16th, and we are recording at 9 p.m. at night. Another nighttime episode. We have some tea, and tonight, as always, I'm joined by my partner in all things... Lauren Piemont. Yes. So, today, or tonight's episode is going to be a little bit of... uh, a continuation of the previous episode, kind of a, a follow-up, because we realized that we really didn't talk as much about the art that we had seen on our trip to Charleston, South Carolina, and we really wanted to, to dive into that a bit more, because we saw some beautiful things that we really wanted to share. So tonight will not be an episode necessarily uh, a part of our Art Galleries 101 series, but more about art. Yeah, we really want to break up the more didactic episodes with, you know, fun um, anecdotes from our travels and just art that we've seen and, you know, get some support out there for artists that we know and love. Yes, that's kind of what we started the podcast on. And of course, it's sort of taken on a life of its own. And I'm sure it will still grow and, and morph as we continue to do this. But Uh, our original idea was to highlight art and get people out to see things that maybe they have not seen or have not heard of. So, Lauren, where should we start tonight? Well, I guess we should just start with what we saw at the Gibbs. Um, Well, I guess I'll just remind everyone that we went down to Charleston originally to attend a talk with Bo Bartlett. Uh, on the occasion of his show at the Gibbs Museum in Charleston. And um, in doing that, we ended up seeing a lot more than just Bo and his beautiful exhibition. Um, Maybe we shouldn't start with the Gibbs because we did visit some galleries. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we just kind of do it in order of things that we did when we were in Charleston. It's been a couple weeks, so my apologies. No, 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 no reason to apologize. There's so much to talk about. Um, Well, I guess uh, we could talk about uh, a wonderful gallery that that focuses on contemporary realism called Robert Lang Studios. Do you want to do that first? Yeah, we can talk about Robert Lang. That was a cool space. We've been there before, obviously, since Chris uh, paints in the contemporary realist style. He's already aware of and interested in Robert Lang's gallery and um, a fan of a lot of his artists. So we actually stopped in there this trip. And this time we got to talk to Robert himself, which was cool. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. So I've been to this gallery a few times. I was aware of it. Um, for for a while because they, they show some artists that I do really enjoy and admire. So, uh, goodness, I forget when. It was maybe like 2016, 2017 perhaps. Tom Stanley from episode one had an exhibition in Charleston at the Halsey Institute. And um, I'm a big fan of Tom. So I went down to the opening and decided to go by Uh, Robert Lang Studios um, and was blown away with the space. It's a beautiful 
um, old building. Obviously, it's in Charleston. Everything is old there. Brick. The walls are exposed brick on the inside with these gorgeous old floors. Just so vibey. I, I absolutely love it. And there's just beautiful art. But the one thing that I really, really love from my first experience and every other experience is kind of the, um, oh, what would you say? It's it's sort of the the vision of the gallery, or or maybe it's intent from what Robert and his team have. It, it, how would you describe that? I guess their philosophy. Thank I you. Yes. Go Please. ahead. No, no. Okay. Their <laughs> philosophy. Yes. Thank you. Um, because it it seems like the gallery is very much geared towards the community instead of so much a gallery only being available and for the purpose of serving uh, a, a wealthy collector or a collector at a certain level or a certain interest of art it's 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 for the entire community it's a very welcoming space uh, it's designed where there are actually artist studios in the space hence the name Robert Lang Studios Robert Lang is a wonderful painter himself, and his studio is out in the open. Um, and and we had a, a wonderful conversation with him while we were there, too. I'd never met him, so that was a real treat. Uh, would you like to tell us a little about that? Yeah. Um, I mean, just to reiterate, the whole gallery has no intimidation factor. It's very warm inviting um and i think a lot of that is just due to the like really cool building that it's in with the exposed brick and the creaky floors but you know there are no white walls and mm-hmm. um there's signs everywhere that just say all are welcome also. yeah and the staff is super nice including robert um no one's like super dressed up or you know, looking you up and down when you walk in. It's just very relaxed. You could even go in and not talk to anyone if you wanted to, which honestly I think is what a lot of people wish they could do in galleries is just go in unnoticed. Um, And yeah, like Chris said, um, Robert's studio is on the ground floor with um, a lot of other exhibition space. And then upstairs are several more uh, artist studios and exhibition spaces. And I don't know. It's just, it's cool. And he was, like Chris said, super nice, super friendly and welcoming and just really willing to chat with us um, and share some more insight into his own vision. And I will say that if you're intrigued by the sound of this gallery, there's a really great podcast um, called Gently Does It by John Dalton. He interviews a lot of contemporary realists, in fact, and he has an episode with Robert Lang that's a few hours long. It's awesome. I don't remember what number season it is or anything, but if you just look up that podcast, you should be able to find it. Yeah, we can see if we can link that in our show notes. I'm not sure if we can, but I'll look into that and see because it is a wonderful uh, episode. It it will make you want to go there and um, buy art. Yeah, and I think it's really cool just to see what an artist... um, envisions as like the ideal gallery and since he's an artist I think he probably thought a lot about like what he wishes galleries were and he just went ahead and created that and he and his wife actually 
opened that gallery when they were like in their 20s. So mm-hmm. kudos to them for that too. Yeah, like fresh out of art school. I know Robert went to RISD and I am blanking on where Megan went to school. But they are, they're both are artists and they do collaborate on artwork and there were a few pieces hanging. Uh, one thing I remember Robert said that was really touching is this is another example of how the gallery is designed with the community in mind is he said from the beginning he wanted to open a gallery that was not only inviting and open to the community kind of serving the community but he wanted to give a sketchbook to every child that walked in the door because there's something so magical when you're a kid and you have this this book that it's all yours it can be anything you want and he's done that and he he said they've given away what like 5,000 sketchbooks something crazy like that yeah I think that was just such a touching like story just hearing that I was like oh my god can can we like buy some sketchbooks for you all to give away or something like it was such a cool um it's just touching everything he had to say just really kind of put a, a refreshing spin on um, how a gallery could do it. And they've been extremely successful. I forget how many years he said they've been in business. I think it's going on 20, he yeah, said. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, wow. they are super successful um, just from a business standpoint. But I guess um, if any of you out there have been listening to some of our episodes and thinking, wow, galleries sure are a big fat killjoy, Well, there are other kinds of galleries out there, like Robert Lang's, if you're looking for something a little more alternative, more welcoming, it's, there are some breaths of fresh air out there. So don't get discouraged and just keep looking for your niche. Oh, great point there, Lauren. Um, Okay, so I guess moving on from Robert Lang, unless there's anything else you kind of want to jump into. There was some great art there. I guess let's talk about that. Yeah, Goodness. he shows a painter that I love named Matthew Cornell. And there were two of his works that I saw, but one of them was just like, oh, I could have bought it right then and there if I had the money. <laughs> yeah, it was outstanding. It really pulled me in. Very haunting image. Yeah, it was like a nighttime scene, kind of looking down a city main street into the window of a wedding dress shop. And it almost looked like one of the mannequins was like a actual person yeah it was just really beautiful and then i don't know with our wedding coming up it was just like man Mm -hmm. i wish i could get that piece yeah the light quality was just amazing it was like this little small sort of downtown city in a way had a glow to it like at dusk or twilight and Yeah, yeah i love night paintings um especially when it's kind of like that quaint americana um landscape type of painting like uh Lyndon Frederick or somebody Mm -hmm. like that I just I love the nighttime scenes the most yeah well there was another Matthew Cornell painting um that wasn't a nightscape or or a dusk image it was very very bright if I remember correctly sort of a Florida image the title was called Snowbirds um, it was a large one, and you know. yeah, it was big, a big square. It was just like cars parked in garages of this kind of like 
maybe 60s looking community Mm -hmm. it was cool yeah and all the license plates were you know like ohio or someplace (laughs) like that hence the name snowbirds yeah yeah that was a great painting um there were some other wonderful uh contemporary realist artists in, in this it was a group show that was on view it seems like robert's focusing a great deal on group exhibitions at the moment which i think is wonderful it's a great way to highlight artists that are um new to the to your public to your community that maybe are not in your roster and it, and it gives those artists a way to kind of showcase their artwork and a um, potential new space to a new audience. Yeah, Um, I think Robert is unique in that he loves to pull other artists in, even if he doesn't really have an an intention of uh, bringing them on for a full representation. He just, you know, a lot of galleries really only stick to their stable for the most part, which mm -hmm. has its own value. But I just think it's cool that he kind of opens the doors yeah, absolutely. There were there was a nice painting and a little study there by Julie Beck, and we met her at Face 2019. I know that she's like the, um, oh goodness, she's like assistant director. I, I'm missing, I'm forgetting the title, but it's something like that of the uh, anyway of the Academy of Realist Art in Boston. Um, so it was cool. There was a nice painting by Anna Rose Bain, who's a prominent figure in the portrait society of america um there was just a lot of great things yeah 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 so if you're in charleston um check them out a lot of galleries in charleston cater to like tourists and stuff but you know this one is really worth seeing definitely uh and and those collaborative pieces that robert and his wife megan were doing were wonderful it was like this silhouette of a figure and then a landscape within that silhouette kind of playing off the positive negative space i thought they were beautiful yeah those were really nice well um uh, anything else you want to say about that i guess not right now we can move along to the gibbs okay yeah Uh, i mean we didn't get to go to as many galleries as we wanted we had a few others on our to-do list but um i mean we almost needed another day in charleston we just kind of after doing the things we did meeting up with some people that we wanted to meet we um our time ran short but anyway we went to the gibbs yeah um i don't even know if i'd ever been to the gibbs i used to go to charleston all the time with my family as like a kid and we i don't think we ever went we were little, so we wouldn't have necessarily done that. But anyway, the museum itself is really beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. And they had renovated it um, several years ago. I was going to pull it up on online. Um, but they did a large renovation and um, added a bit more exhibition space. And then they, what they did also on the ground floor is they have some excuse me some artist studios uh i don't exactly know how this works like is this a residency program where you apply and you are then selected or if this is by invitation only i i should have done a little more research about this but they have a few studio spaces on the ground level for um 
some artists within the community, I think. Tom Stanley, I know he had a space there around that time that he had that show at the Halsey Institute that I had mentioned earlier. Um, so anyway, it was a beautiful space. We moved upstairs to the second floor um, after kind of checking out some of the studio spaces. And on the second floor is the permanent collection, which is, has some beautiful, absolutely gorgeous um uh, historical works, uh, small miniature paintings, um, and then other like, like drawings, prints, and paintings, and their contemporary collection with just a few highlights. It was very, very nice to see. And there was another exhibition um, that was in a side gallery. It was actually in two side galleries by uh, a wonderful photographer that I've loved for years named William Eggleston. And would you like to tell us about that? Sure, yeah. Well, first of all, I didn't even know that was going to be there, so that was a fun surprise. Um, But this show, like Chris said, it took up two little galleries. It was about 30 photographs. Um, If you're not familiar with William Eggleston, he takes, or yes, he's still alive. He takes photos um, typically from, like, the suburban or rural south. He kind of finds, like odd images and picks them out very Americana nostalgia with like hints of you know something more ominous um going on and I guess he really blew up like in the 70s would you say yeah yeah I I think that's pretty accurate yeah Um, so they had this collection of his photographs that all belonged to one family um it is laura and jay kraus and apparently they've been doing a series of exhibitions called uh, charleston collects and they did another one with um some charleston collectors who collected a lot of hudson river school paintings so this is like another installment this charleston family had all these eggleston photographs and what i read about in the catalog which the gibbs made um, is that uh, Jay Krause actually got really into photography himself around the 70s and then went on to open his own photography gallery in Atlanta. Um, let me check the name. <laughs> the Atlanta Gallery of Photography. Very da, 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 da. straightforward. I, d- I don't know if it still exists. It didn't really say, but he showed some like very big name photographers and brought... Um, photography is fine art to Atlanta for the first time really and um, according to the catalog he met Eggleston at a symposium um, at one of the state universities in Tennessee and Eggleston is from Tennessee Um, and then they kind of just developed this lifelong friendship so apparently the Krauss family has a lot more than just these 30 photographs by Eggleston but this is just what was on view, and I don't, I just love the work, so it was a treat. Yeah, I love the work, too. It's kind of like what we were saying earlier with um, the, those paintings at Robert Lang, where the, there are these images of, of sort of small-town Americana, um, but something that's a little haunting um so it, it it those are things that really attract me and and i've loved uh 
Eggleston photographs. I've seen them since I, when I worked with Gerald and we would do art fairs. I used to see a few galleries, one in particular from Memphis, Tennessee, uh, that would have some of the work and absolutely loved it. And there was a large, uh, exhibition at the, uh, museum of the art Institute in Chicago, uh, goodness, maybe like 10 or 12 years ago that I saw that was just amazing. Yeah. I, I love the work. And this was, this was fun to see in Charleston. Yeah. And I actually learned, um, an album, one of the band Spoon's album uses an Eggleston photograph because I saw the photograph in the show and I was like, yeah. <laughs> oh my God, I know that image. So that's always cool. And then they had the album actually in like a little vitrine with yeah. other other materials. Yeah, that was, that was nice. And I, it was really nice that they produced a catalog because as I've said before, I love printed matter and, um, because they did, I could buy one and read all about it. So. Yeah. Yeah, I love that too. So this was a collection from a collector in Charleston. Yeah, well, they hadn't lived in Charleston their whole lives. Um, they had moved to Charleston in 2015 from Sarasota. Mm, okay. And obviously they had spent time in Atlanta, so. But they've settled in Charleston now, so. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. I love that. I love that the museum is tapping into their community and highlighting things from their community's collection. I think that's a a great way to bring in an uh a collector and and have them embraced by the museum and maybe this this collector can then kind of becomes a, not only a member but some sort of supporter of the museum in a way and it makes them feel very special about their collection and the museum i mean it probably doesn't cost as much to showcase this work as other exhibitions which you might spend upwards of close to a million dollars to rent <laughs> yeah well it also helps when your town has uh, like prolific Eggleston collectors in it. Yeah. So <laughs> there we go. We're kind of subtweeting a little bit about some things. A little bit. Um, but anyway, th- th- so that was on the second floor, and that was that was a real treat. I had seen that on the Gibbs website and had forgotten about it, and so that was a lot of fun. So then we went up to the third floor to see the Bo Bartlett exhibition. Yeah, which. As we said, is why we were there. Um, the title of the exhibition is Earthly Matters. I think I mentioned in the last episode that Bo had won the 1858 prize, which is the Gibbs big prize for artists working in the South. Um, back in like 2017 and due to COVID, his show um, got delayed because I guess part of that prize um is having your own solo exhibition at the museum, which is pretty sweet. Um, So anyway, here in 2022, he finally got to uh, have it all come to fruition. And um, because of that, there were even more paintings than originally expected, which is cool. Yeah. Um, Since it was titled Earthly Matters, uh, it was supposed to feature uh, primarily works with animals. Um, cause Bo paints a lot of 
things like nature, uh, figures, portraits. There's a lot of multi-figure things that have a narrative, but he also does these paintings, these beautiful paintings that might have um, just a a solo animal or a few animals together. And there's definitely a narrative involved, whether it's speaking of something regarding the climate or our own uh, position as as humans and putting kind of making this parallel between the animal and us. Um, anyway, that was the original idea, but like Lauren said, since so much time had passed, Bo had uh, other paintings he was able to add to the exhibition. Uh, the, one thing that I really, really loved about this show is there were a large number of drawings in the exhibition. And we've seen drawings of boats before and they're they're exquisite but I, I I guess I haven't seen a show like this of of his paintings with drawings that are kind of uh, almost supporting the like showing his creative process like little beautiful drawings that are showing him exploring the image or the figures a little more closely and then compositional uh, diagrams because the compositions are, are rather dynamic and rather planned out so you, you could kind of look and see what he was doing yeah that was cool they even had a whole um, kind of vitrine of like a series of his drawings for this one particular painting called Hertzboro um, that's a really beautiful piece that actually has to do with a film that he's working on so they're kind of like uh, frames almost and mm. that was cool just to see that all together yeah yeah that that was wonderful and it was like there was a finished drawing on a, a full sheet of of paper of like one of the figures from from behind but then there would be little sort of sketches kind of with him playing with the the layout or the placement of these figures because some of them are kind of leaning on one another uh that that was a lot of fun um one of my favorite paintings in the show, I think it's titled The Flood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and there was a wonderful drawing of that painting where you could see how Bo was uh, playing with the composition. It definitely was based on golden mean uh, ratios that you could tell with his little kind of sketch lines and little notes in the margin of the paper. That one was just really, really special, I thought. Yeah, and so often, like, especially with epic painters like Bo, like, their drawings get overlooked and aren't showcased. So I thought it was really great that this show um, encompassed uh, different layers of his creative process. Yeah, absolutely. I think the most recent painting in the show may have been the large painting of the bull. Because I know that Bo had gone to Mexico. I think maybe this past summer or something um or leading up to the summer i think i'd seen some images of him uh in mexico but yeah um that painting is titled plaza del toro from 2022 and that painting had a gorgeous surface on it um again one of the single animal figure um paintings yeah yeah one of the other single um animal paintings is one titled dominion 
Uh, it's in the collection of the Asheville Art Museum in Asheville, North Carolina. And it's a painting, a very large painting with a polar bear on uh, uh, an iceberg, just the tip of an iceberg that's very small, almost kind of like it is being um, just melting into the water. And the bear looks very much in, in distress or he's angry. Uh, and Bo spoke about that one in particular at the, the artist talk that we attended and kind of described about how that definitely plays into um, how our world is changing and our dominion over it is shrinking. Yeah, he actually talked about there. there's a passage in the Bible about man having dominion over the earth and how people take that to mean like we're supposed to dominate it and beat it back but like the real meaning of that um at least in the bible is men are to be well men as in humanity um are to be stewards of the earth and that's like a misunderstood tenet in a lot of um christian sects i guess and i don't know culture at large <laughs> yeah it was it was very enlightening to hear all of these things um, but the, the show, oh goodness, I, I wish I had a number in front of me, but it was probably, I'm guessing, what do you think? Like maybe a dozen paintings, maybe slightly more, maybe somewhere around 16 or so. And then there was easily probably about 16 or so drawings. Yeah, it was a lot of work and, you know, a lot of his work is monumental in scale, so... Uh, we've probably mentioned that he studied with Ben Long, um, the great fresco artist uh, from North Carolina who made it big in Italy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so Bo went over to Florence, I guess sometime in the 70s, to work alongside Ben. And, you know, what a lot of people notice about Bo's work is that he knows when to stop. Um, he's a realist painter, but it's not hyper real and it's not overworked and, um, he keeps it very consistent. I mean, it almost has an illustration quality to it just in the way it's kind of stylized, but in such a consistent manner across paintings. And I started to think about it and I was like, you know, I bet he learned that from fresco painting. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right because there is you, whenever you have a distance to these large scale paintings that he does, when you have this distance, everything clicks together so beautifully, and then when you you get up close, you you see how how loose in a way some of the brush some of the brushwork is, but also areas that are kind of left to be out of focus that how sort of little information is there. He's really yeah. kind of directing your eye. Yeah, he doesn't use a lot of paint either. Yeah, in places they're pretty built up, but in other places yeah. it's, it's very glazed. Yeah, yeah which I, I like that personally. Yeah. Excellent. Well, is there anything else that, that you would like to cover in that exhibition? Um, 
not really. I mean, it was wonderful to see some of the works again. We'd seen some of them in New York last summer. What is it? <laughs> There's one painting I want to talk about. Oh, please. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, it was just I, as I asked you if there was anything else, I was going through my images on the computer. I was like, oh, that painting. Yeah. So there's a painting. Uh, it's actually on the cover of the catalog. Uh, and it's titled, what is it, Love in the Time of War? Sorry, it's the um, painting is actually titled Life During Wartime from 2018. And it's a wonderful image of a group of individuals, a group of people around a table, and there's a lobster dinner, and they're on a coast with, with there's like the, the sea in the background, and it's, it's a very remarkable image. Again, you can tell that the composition is, is carefully created, uh, maybe through golden mean, the way it's, it's beautifully designed. But during the artist talk, Bo started to talk about elements of the painting and how he created it that were just fascinating. Like there's one figure on the far left who uh, her shirt has like a little cutaway where over her chest where there's the shape of a heart. And in the painting, there's, there's one male standing up and it's like he's giving a toast and he's holding this glass of red wine out uh, in his right hand and everyone else is holding a glass of wine up also sort of cheering him and right next to to this individual this standing male is um is seated as is a woman who's actually Bo's wife the fabulous artist Betsy Eby and her glass of wine is creating this this light um what would you call it like a just a light reflection or some little yeah, pattern. just a reflection. Yeah, passive, and it's and it's a sh- like the shape of a heart on this man's arm. And Bo said, "Yeah, he's wearing his heart on his sleeve." And then, if you notice also that this the there's a gentleman sitting on the other side of this female figure on the other side of Betsy, and his glass of wine. There's this red light coming from his as he's toasting, and it's on her chest. So there's like these little elements when you spend time with it. You're like, wow, this is so beautifully created and uh, creates a wonderful narrative. Yeah, I like that painting too. Uh, It's beautiful just from an aesthetic standpoint, but also the title, Life During Wartime, is so much at odds with the scene, which is very happy, celebratory. Um, Here are these well-dressed people sitting on what appears to be the coast of Maine, about to enjoy some lobster, and you're like wait life during wartime and you're like oh are these people like profiting from the war are they like what what's up and you kind of you don't know and there's not really a prescribed answer and and it's probably more speaking to the resilience of people and you know their ability to move their lives forward no matter what's going on but I don't know it could be more ominous and I just more and more as time goes on and things are what they are these days, I just love when like you don't know what something means. You don't know what someone thinks um, based on what they've put in front of you. You you can't uh, assign them to like a side. And I think that's cool. So that's what I like about the painting. Could not agree more. 
So um, that describes a lot of the art that we had seen. Is there anything else that you that comes to mind that you remember? Uh, not so much art-wise. Um, it was fun to be back in Charleston. I forgot how amazing the food is there. And we're vegetarians, so <laughs> we weren't like hitting all the seafood joints or anything. <laughs> but we had some fabulous meals. Absolutely. Some of the best meals I've had in years. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if you are around the Carolinas or anywhere really, like don't overlook Charleston. Um, like I said, I used to go there all the time as a kid and I, I didn't think it was boring, but I just didn't think of it as like a cool place to visit and certainly not like an art destination. But as I've grown older and wisened up to things, um, there's a lot in Charleston for everyone to enjoy. Um, okay, so one thing I want to remind everyone is the Bo Bartlett exhibition titled Earthly Matters at the Gibbs Museum of Art in Charleston, South Carolina, runs through January 15 of 2023. So if you're in Charleston, definitely see that. What about the William Eggleston show, Lauren? Unfortunately, that one closed on October 9th, so... Oh, my apologies if you got really excited about it. Um, hopefully there's more William Eggleston in your future. Yeah, definitely. If it's not an artist that you are familiar with, definitely put it on your radar and um, look up the work. Yeah, I guess that does it for us. Um, where can people find you, Chris? Oh, goodness. Uh, Chris, at, on Instagram, I am at Chris Clamp Art. Website is Chris Clamp Art dot com what about you lauren i'm on instagram at lauren piemont and also find us both on instagram at av art club um follow follow the instagram and also like um well subscribe to the podcast and please leave a review and if you have any questions comments concerns you can leave them um, on instagram in a comment or a dm or you can email us at avartclubpodcast at gmail.com. Excellent. Thank you. So please stay tuned, everyone. Uh, we will be back soon with another chapter in the Art Galleries 101 series. Unless we see some more art soon. You never know. Okay. Good night, everyone. Good night.